Section twenty five of Amusement Only. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Pascal Ramsier. By Deputy. A Reminiscence of Travel. Chapter 1. Despoiled. It would seem, Greenall, as if you couldn't even shoot. It would seem like it, wouldn't it? As I sauntered back to the hotel, I was conscious of a slight feeling of exacerbation. As if I had been got at, had. No man likes to feel he is a laughingstock. I felt that I had been made a laughingstock just then. That, indeed, the process of manufacture had been going on ever since I showed my face in Ahmednugger. The men I had met were nice enough in their way. Indeed, they were almost too nice, also in their way. They appeared to have so little to do, in the way of actual work, that they had made it the business of their lives to perfect themselves in what are usually regarded, say, as accomplishments. I was, and am, a plain civilian. I have worked for, and earned, my little pile, such as it is, and until I set out upon the pleasure tour in the East, it had never occurred to me that a man could be regarded as an uneducated idiot if he could not say, run into double figures every time he took up his cue at billiards. The suspicion that a man might be so regarded had been dawning upon me ever since I arrived in India. But until I came to Ahmednugger, I never quite realized how shockingly my education had been neglected on exactly those points on which it ought to have been most carefully attended to. The men of Ahmednugger were the most sporting individuals I had ever yet encountered. Possibly I have not moved much among the congregations of sporting men. But I certainly have seen something of men of business. These men of Ahmednugger were not only the keenest sportsmen I had yet encountered, they were the keenest men of business, too. And talk of the rigor of a competitive examination. They formed themselves into an examining board, which very soon took the stiffening out of me. They insisted on putting me through my paces before I had been a week in the place. They examined me in every game of cards which has been invented and found me wanting in them all. They examined me as a rider, as a driver, as a shootist, as a cueist, in fact, in a range of subjects which I will not even venture to enumerate. They refused me one solitary pass. They plucked me in them all. It did not add to my sense of satisfaction that I found my ignorance expensive. The joke of the thing was that before I came to India I had rather fancied myself as an amateur sportsman. I flattered myself that I had decent seat in a saddle, whether across country or on the flat. I thought that I made a tolerable fourth at whist, that I had some notion at any rate of English billiards and of a hazard off the red. 
I certainly was under the impression that I could see with tolerable accuracy along the barrel of a gun. But these vain delusions were scattered, at once and forever, by the men of Ahmednugger. My all-around purblind, insenate ignorance had been so convincingly displayed that, as I have said, I was the laughing-stock of the place. My latest performance in the exhibition line had been in match with young Teb, the youngest and the latest joint of the subalterns. Young Teb had lured me on to Skittles. Mr. Teb, who would have been more correctly designated as Master Teb, was an awkward hobbledehoy who, at any other place than Avonnugger, I should have looked down upon with the most supreme contempt. When he challenged me to see who could smash most glass balls with a rifle bullet, here I, I rashly took his challenge up. I flattered myself that, at last, I had a soft thing on. I had, myself, been found a soft thing so many times that I looked forward to a little change. I had no notion. It was rather late at night when the challenge was thrown down and taken up. How difficult it really was to hit a glass ball with a rifle bullet. I had never fired at a glass ball, nor had I ever seen anyone else do so. But I conceived that at any rate, young Teb would find at least as much difficulty in the thing as I should. We were each to fire at fifty glass balls, which were to be sent up into the air out of the trap. We were, of course, to fire at them while they were in the air. Out of the fifty, I smashed one. Out of his fifty, young Teb smashed forty-nine. It was the most mirth-provoking exhibition that was ever seen. Of course, the young scoundrel had been doing nothing else but fire at glass balls his whole life long. It was when I handed over the two hundred rupees which I had staked and lost that Mr. Tab made his remark to the effect that I couldn't even shoot. When I returned to the hotel, a man was standing in the doorway. He addressed me as I came up the steps. It strikes me that you and I might shake hands, sir. I asked him what he meant. I've made myself one kind of ass, and you've made yourself another kind. We'd be a pair of beauties. I did not like being addressed in this manner, especially by a stranger, and especially by a stranger like this stranger. He was a short, undersized man with a vacuous expression of countenance, his attire suggested seediness. Perceiving that I did not appreciate his manner, he explained, No offense intended, sir, but I just now saw you playing pantaloons with that youngster's clown, and I thought that he made the end of the poker rather hot. As for me, I'm an ass all over. My name's Johns. I came to this place to shear the sheep. There's been some shearing. But it's the sheep that's done it. They've about sheared me. I happen to have a trifle of money, so I came to these parts to see if I could do a bit of bookmaking. I've done a bit. The gentlemen in these parts have also done a bit. They've got a hold of pretty well every blessed mag I had. I did not encourage Mr. Johns. Quite the contrary. 
I'd heard of him before. The regimental races had recently been held. A bookmaker had appeared upon the scene. Mr. Johns. Nearly every man in the place had bets with him, and to nearly every man in the place he had lost his money. With a vengeance had the Philistine been spoiled. End of chapter 1